wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Stupid idiot. Shut your mouth, you thong-wearing fatty. Party's over, Grandpa. Kane was there! Kane was there too! Yeah! No enhancement needed. This ain't Monday Night Raw! This fight's right! It's Wrestle Rant Radio. All right, welcome back, folks, to WrestleRant Radio for August 11, 2016, 10 days out from SummerSlam, and I am not flying solo here on the show today. It is WrestleRant Radio, and we're being joined for the first time in a few more months. The Mac is back, baby, at Jamie Lee Mac on the Twitter. The last time we talked to him, Ryback had just left the company. Now he's officially gone from the company. We're going full circle, 10 days out from SummerSlam. So much to talk about. From Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and the Cruiserweight Classic. Jamie, how you doing today, dude? Oh, I'm just here to... Grace, Russell Rant Radio with the gift of the Mac. <laughs> Eat it in, man. Eat it. That sounds like a t-shirt. That sounds like a t-shirt idea to me. It is. <laughs> My girlfriend is currently looking at me right now thinking, what the hell, is, what the hell have I got myself into? <laughs> Those are the best catchphrases, though, but uh, no better week to talk to you. I mean, like we talked about right before we went on the air, the Cruiserweight Classic was hands down the best thing by far in wrestling this week, at least for WWE. NXT wasn't half bad. Raw and SmackDown were a bit lacking this week, but SummerSlam, like I said, a little over a week away. We are 10 days away, and I asked this at the start of every podcast, everyone I talked to, Jamie, but right now, as of right now, on a scale from 1 to 10, how hyped are you for the biggest party of the summer in 10 more days? SmackDown Live every week, I'd be a little bit more hyped because <laughs> friggin' work has taken over every single hour of my being. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Right now, judging from the matches themselves, they look uh, really, really good. Um, like, and this dawned on me like probably yesterday or something. Like, I think I was just waiting for the bus or or uh, or uh, whatever. But the top two world title matches is uh, Rollins and Balor and uh, Dean and Ziggler. And I'm thinking, if this was Vince McMahon of like 2004, 2005, he'd be losing his fucking mind because all four of these guys are, what, under 6'5", under 250 pounds? So, like, that's just one thing I thought of. But, but, uh, but uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, uh, this is, like, you know, finally, like, they've been, they've been saying, like, oh, it's a... Uh, or, or like, oh, it's, oh, it's a new, um, um, it's a new era here in WWE. Mm -hmm. Now, judging from the card here, it looks like it's just that. Finally, like you said, Dolph Ziggler and Finn Balor at the top of the card in two world championship matches, in addition to Orton versus Lesnar and everything else on tap. John Cena versus AJ Styles. It sounds like an IWC dream, which is perfect for Brooklyn. You know they're going to go crazy for it. It's going to be a great crowd. Um, two more oh, questions yeah. for you, too. Like you said, you're working all the time. Are you saving up any of that cash, brother, for SummerSlam next year? I'm hoping to see you there next year. Um. Trust me, man. I'm like, <laughs> if I can pull it off, you damn well know what's going to happen. I need to see the Mac uh, in Brooklyn next year. I just need a passport. That's, just, that's the only thing that's stopping <laughs> me right now. But, uh, but, um, but, uh, uh, they're, but, um, I think I was told, like, they're, they're probably like 80 bucks around here. So, like, it's not all that bad. Like, you know, airfare, whatnot. Like, you know what? I'll just, like, like, I'll take the cheapest travel package I can get. I mm-hmm. don't care. Like, I just want to go. Like, exactly. Like, I'm the exact same way. Just to be there for uh, that show. I mean, the last two years have been great in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. I mean, this this you know this year should be no different. It should be just as great. So it should be great. Um, speaking of that, too, this just came to mind, but I completely forgot about it until now. Survivor Series is coming back to Canada this November. Will you be at that show by any chance? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Like, I wish... Like, I wish that they would announce this stuff, like, a year in advance and not, like, <laughs> and not, like fucking, like, oh, hey, in six months we're going to be back in Canada. It's like, mm. oh, you couldn't have told me that, like, maybe a year ago when, like, you 
know I still have money coming in. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, chances are probably not, um, uh, which is sad. But like, but like, um, uh, I want to say like the next time that they're like around uh, Quebec, uh, uh, definitely because. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in the raw, or um, when I was at Raw last year, uh, that was that was just that was just like an epic uh, show, and just like uh, the like just oh god, everything was great, and like and, and like I want to go back, mm-hmm. and uh, but unfortunately, they like to do Raw like once every century here. So <laughs> yeah. <kind> of, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, sure they'll be you. back at some point, but uh, yeah, no, I just heard, oh, oh, yeah, no. like you said, I mean, they announced stuff so, so soon, so like so close to the uh-huh. actual pay-per-view, other than SummerSlam, which they announced for Brooklyn a year out, like Backlash is even worse, because they announced that, or was it Backlash? Yeah, I think it was Backlash or No Mercy, one of those shows, whatever's taking place in September, they announced it like literally like two weeks ago, so people, like they don't even really consider that kind of thing, uh-huh. like people that have to save up money, so anyone in that area, uh-huh. I have no idea where it is. But um Yeah, exactly. They just announced a show uh, like a month out, it's ridiculous. Yeah, 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 like and like I'm pumped that uh Backlash is uh coming back, but why September? Yeah, like, it's a very weird month for it, yeah. Like, you know, after WrestleMania it makes sense. It, it's the backlash. Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. always made sense. But no, I guess they're just gonna like I don't know. If if uh, if they're actually going to go through with like two pay per views a month, which is uh, a big undertaking, I think. Uh, but then again, it's their network; they can do whatever they want. They don't really have to worry about buy rates anymore. Uh, but uh, you know, one of the biggest problems was that there's already too much content and two shows a month. But, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of going overboard. Yeah. But, yeah, like, anyways, like, you know, um, if someone's, like, a diehard fan, like, if all they watch is WWE, then, like, they're probably pumped about it, but me, where it's, like, you know, hey, I'm working now, and I'm going back to school in the fall, it's, like, I'm never gonna watch wrestling live again. <laughs> it's just not gonna happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's tough. Like you said, I think it's a, it's they're risking overexposure because they already have two shows a week, three shows a week if you include NXT, and four if you include the Cruiserweight Classic. So that's five to eight hours of TV a week just for wrestling alone, just for WWE, not even counting the other companies. So it's a lot already. And then you tack on a three-hour pay-per-view and then a four-hour pay-per-view, which I'm pretty sure SummerSlam is again this year. They've made no official announcement yeah. about it, which is weird. But from what it looks well, like... I, well, well, um... I find that uh, um, if Mania was five hours this year, SummerSlam is prob- probably going to be four, like, here on out. It wouldn't shock me next year if Mania was five again. Yeah, well, I mean, I think WrestleMania... Well, and it was never advertised as five hours. They just went over time to the point where it became five hours. But I wouldn't be surprised if they did that on a regular basis, like, going forward, though. Unfortunately, which I feel like five hours, I think pretty much everyone, if you include the two-hour pre-show, is pretty much yeah. dead by the end of that show. The show was done at one in the fucking morning here. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I, I commend you for that. I'm like, oh, gosh. On a I, Sunday night. I don't even want to think about the people in the UK. <laughs> yeah, oh, I feel bad God. for them. Yeah, that's, that's awful. Yeah, I think, like I said, SummerSlam, they never, from what I've heard, or what I haven't seen, rather, I, they haven't said that it's four hours officially. I'm just assuming because the arena is saying that they're starting at six or seven, whatever the hell it is. And they're adding, as seen, of right now, they, there's like 10 matches on the card, so it has to be four hours, right? I've seen, um, well, I think the ad says, like, uh, that the, uh, or that, or, um, they said in the ad that the uh, special time was like uh, 7 Eastern, so that makes me think it's going to be four hours. Yeah. And that's not um, even the kickoff show, like, that's the actual show, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, I wouldn't like, be surprised. I'm just thinking, like, whenever they say that, it's normally going to be another hour. So, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's probably four again. Probably so, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if they go overtime like they did with, some, like they did with WrestleMania. I would hope not, but they it's their own networks. So they can do whatever the hell they want. But, um, I mean, exactly. it has to be at this point. They're not worried about going over, going over pay-per-view time limits anymore. So Yeah, no, yeah, that was evident with Mania. So, I mean, and they did that again with... um. 
Was it Money in the Bank that went almost like 20 minutes overtime? It was one of those shows. Uh, I think so, like 20 minutes or a half hour or something like that. Yeah, yeah, something ridiculous. Yeah, so, I mean, hopefully, I mean, with the card that we have, maybe it won't be too bad because there's so many great matches on tap, but you can't have a three-hour show with nine matches confirmed, and they might move one or two of those matches to the kickoff show, but... As of right now, I feel like it kind of has to be four hours. But they put out a whole press release last year saying it was four hours. So, I don't know. I guess only time will tell. But it looks like officially, you know, unofficially, officially, it will be four hours. Um, But also on that note, something I do want to talk about with you specifically, Jamie, are the theme songs for this year's SummerSlam, which I know you and I are a huge fan of. For this year's show, (laughs) last year's show, it was uh, Cool for the Summer by Demi Lovato. And then now this year... <laughs> it grew on me actually after a while. Saying, I can't believe I'm saying that. <laughs> and this year, I forgot what the name of the song was, but it's something by Fort Minor. And then the other one is something by Flo Rida, who we've had 10 million songs for, for like all the pay-per-views. And someone made a great point about it. And I think I, I tweeted this out a long time ago, but you've had theme songs by him for the Rumble, for Mania over the years, for Survivor Series. Or not for the Rumble, I'm sorry. For SummerSlam, Mania, and the Rumble. And he's pretty much close to becoming a, a Grand Slam theme song champion for WWE at this point. But uh, we have some song by him, uh, Fort Minor, maybe another one. I know they have the uh, the CFO music, that generic music they use for the pay-per-view. But yeah. currently, what are your thoughts on this year's SummerSlam theme songs? Have they met your expectations at all? Uh, my expectations are dead at this point. <laughs> the theme songs for like the like for like the big four shows like they just become so generic and whatnot um um honestly like um i or i think i or uh, i think i heard uh fort or uh, fort minor doing it um uh he's good so i don't mind that florida well WWE thinks he's been relevant for the past like decade <laughs> um, i guess Some people like him, some people don't. Like, he's got a couple catchy tunes. Like, don't get me wrong. But, uh, just, he's done one, like, he's done one theme this year already. Uh, he had one song that was the theme for two pay-per-views at one point, I think. Yeah, yeah, what was it? Wild, it was either Uh, Good Feeling or Wild Ones, one of those two. Uh, Good Feeling, I think. I think it was like Survivor Series and Mania. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, just, I, like, I try to block them out now, because I just really don't, do not give a shit anymore. Um, <laughs> themes, themes this year, for the most part, I think, have kind of shit the bed for me, a little bit. Um, like, the only one I've really, really liked was, uh, well, was the one for Battleground. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like, that's, like, the only one I think I've liked uh, so far this year, so. Yeah, I mean, at the end of each year, I mean, we talk about, like, what the best theme songs were for, like, the pay-per-view-wise of the year, but, I mean, even last year I struggled to come up with, like, a top three, and even, like, one and two, it was, like, a distant one and two, I forgot what it was, but for this Uh, year, and it's only, it's only August, but as of right now, I mean, like you said, Feel Invincible by Skillet for Battleground, the other theme song for that show wasn't bad either, the the Phantom one, or the War, whatever it was, This is a War, that wasn't bad. That's, I couldn't even tell, not even that I didn't like the themes, I couldn't even tell you what they were, for the most part. I couldn't tell you what the theme songs were for most of the pay-per-views this year. Because they all blend in. They exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like when, Nothing stands out anymore. Like, when we talk about the greatest pay-per-view themes, like, of all time, in like, the last 10, 15 years or so, like, when you think of that show, you think of the theme song, too, or vice versa. Like, when you listen to the song, you think of that pay-per-view. Like, for me, it would be, like, Always by Saliva, um, I, I think Survivor of Survivor Series. Series. Exactly. Like, that's that's a connection. But I don't... I, I couldn't tell you. I know my house, obviously, you hear that all the time, like the radio now and shit, and that was for WrestleMania. Yeah. But other than that, I don't know what else they've used this year, and that's a that's a bad sign. And they do make a difference. We talk about it all the time, but a good theme makes a big difference in making a great show. And that's... Like, I mean, it wasn't all... It wasn't the only reason why Battleground was great, but it, w- it was a reason, in my opinion. It was at least a factor. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um... I think the song was used for what Cena, Enzo, and Cass against the club. I think if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. For Feel Invincible. Yeah. Yeah, I that think. song. Yep. Yeah, I think it was used yeah. for their package. Yep. Yeah, like that got me hyped up to see the match. Exactly. And I'm like holy shit, this is great, and I love <laughs> it when they use the themes in the 
in the in the packages. Mm-hmm. So like it just so like yeah like like it makes a huge difference. And this is one thing that a lot of people tend to just forget. It's the little things. It is the tiniest things that make the biggest difference. Absolutely, especially with a four-hour show and you have to listen to the theme over and over and over again, like in between uh, each match. <laughs> and it does it does get you hyped for the matches, like you said. I mean, they used that song for the, the six-man tag team match, the scene Enzo and Cass in the club match at Battleground. It was great. So I'm sure we'll be hearing a lot of uh, the, the Flo Rida song for one of these matches on the card or throughout the show. I don't mind Flo Rida. He's actually grown on me, but he's still not my favorite artist. I don't know what it is. I hated him at first, but act, maybe they've just maybe WWE's turned me into a Flo Rida fan of the fact they've used him a million oh, times no. over. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I mean, it is a mess. But hopefully, I'll ask you this too before we. I know we're talking a lot about SummerSlam, but as we should be, it's going to be a big show. But um, I was thinking about this the other day, and I know you tweeted about this when it happened a couple weeks ago, but upon the dawning of the new era, we had somewhat new sets. I don't want to say entirely new sets for Raw and SmackDown because I know people are saying, oh, it was SummerSlam 2013, blah, blah, blah. It's something different, so I'm not going to complain. It's not entirely creative, but it is what it is. Um, We got somewhat new sets for both Raw and SmackDown, which is good. So that said, now that we have new sets for both of those shows, and basically the set they were using for SummerSlam is what they're using for SmackDown now. Do you think that we might have a new set debuted for SummerSlam next week? Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on it. Uh, it's possible they could, but it's also possible that they could use the old set that they were using for Raw and SmackDown <laughs> as the generic yeah. interview ones. Because it would not surprise me one bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because like, uh, I could totally just see WWE being like, hey, we gave you guys new sets on TV each week that <laughs> that is on free television. <laughs> Here is our network. Pay for it. Here's the same set you've been seeing for the past four years. Yeah. It wouldn't sh- I would not put a pass on I would not but, put a pass on uh, either, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to see the same generic set, uh, but... I would definitely welcome a change for the uh, pay-per-view sets. Um, really, like, um, uh, yeah, that's just it for me, really. Well, I mean, also, too, I for SummerSlam, I feel like there's a likelier chance we might see a unique set. I'm not holding my breath either, but I feel like there's a likelier chance we see a unique set for SummerSlam as opposed to what a lot of people are hoping for, which I know won't happen, unfortunately. Hey, maybe they'll surprise us, but... I know a lot of people are hoping that they bring back the swinging hooks for Backlash next month, which would be amazing, but they're probably not going to do that. would be incredible, but I'm <laughs> very, very doubtful that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't you know, have too much faith in this company when it comes to creativity with their sets and stuff. We haven't had a creative pay-per-view set in like three or four years. And I understood it back in 2014. They had the network. They were, you know, they wanted to save expenses and shit like that. I get that. But it's been like two to three years. They got to get the program. They got to switch it up. If it's really a new era and it's their second biggest pay-per-view of the year and the card that we have on tap for this show, it's got to be something unique. So hopefully they follow through. But um, on that note, one man who will not be at SummerSlam to kind of, that's a terrible segue, but one man that will not be at SummerSlam is Shelton Benjamin, who announced late last weekend that he's apparently injured. He has to undergo shoulder surgery in the near future. And he did not announce a timetable. WWE didn't even, didn't even acknowledge it. And maybe they didn't really need to because he's technically not under contract. The last time I checked, he's still on their SmackDown roster on the website, which doesn't mean anything. But um, I don't know if he was still officially under contract with them. So they didn't say anything. I don't know even know if they retweeted the tweet. I'm not exactly sure. I just saw his statement. And he said, I cannot return to WWE at this time. I'm just paraphrasing here. But he won't be back at this time. He has to go undergo the shoulder surgery. Which typically can be anywhere from four to six months. But as we saw with Hideo Tommy, he was out for over a year. So you never really know. And the guy's 41 years old. So... It really all depends on who you are. I mean, Orton was out for nine months with a shoulder injury, so we had a swarm of shoulder injuries the last year for whatever reason. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, I would love to get your thoughts, Jamie. What do you think about that damn fucking performance center? What was that? I said there's something, or um, um, I said uh, there's got to be like something, something in the water. <laughs> In the, yeah, there has to be at this point. I mean, it's not only the NXT people, even the main roster guys. There was like, 
I don't know. I mean, people were making the assumption that maybe Vince like got a curse cast on him by like a voodoo gypsy or something. Like something had to have happened. <laughs> I mean, we have a, we, there's still some people out with injuries, but it's not nearly as bad as it was like six or no, seven no. months ago. Like it was ridiculous how many people were out. So I think they're in a, and, it, and it couldn't have come at a better time right now too with the brand split being in effect. They need as many stars as they can with Rollins, Cena, Orton, you know, all these other people being back. They need as much star power as they can get. But uh, Benjamin will unfortunately not be a part of the blue brand for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, from what I assume, people are saying that he, you know he's never coming back. This sucks, and it does suck. But in my opinion, I feel like as soon as he's better, they'll they'll give him the call back, and he'll be back in the company once he's officially healed. So that was the way that I looked at it. I don't know how long that's going to be. It could be. I assume it's going to be in 2017. Maybe he comes back in the Rumble. Maybe he's back in time for WrestleMania. But I feel like the the roster depth for SmackDown specifically will still be as you know, as little as it is right now. So they're going to need him when he comes back, once he's officially healed. So uh, what are your thoughts, Jamie? What what was going through your head when you read that Shelton Benjamin would not be coming back to the company anytime soon due to the injury? It broke my heart. I, like, I will not lie. Like, um, <laughs> when I heard about Shelton uh, uh, coming back, I was, I was hyped as hell for it. I thought that, like, oh, my God, this is great. He's probably one of the most, um, uh, he was definitely one of the most um, underrated talents that they ever had, personally. I thought that he should have went way, way, way higher mm-hmm. than he did. Um, it's unfortunate, uh, I think I watched the fuck, fuck out of that word, sorry. Um, oh. um, uh, it's unfortunate that... Uh, um, that Shelton's mic work was probably the one thing that held him back from like getting any higher than like the U.S. title. Yeah. Uh, uh, but like, but like, um, if you need like any proof of 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 how good Shelton is, if you if you've never seen him, uh, go on the the uh, the uh, network. See his matches with Michaels, Jericho, Edge, Orton from like 2004, um, uh, 2005. Like, like just, just, just absolutely, uh, just, just great shit. And the fact that like he's, uh, he just got hurt, hurt randomly. Um, I read that uh, apparently he's been dealing with this for like the past uh, three or four or four months, and uh, and like I guess it's just uh, it's just torn up to the point where like he needs surgery now, and it sucks because the timing could not have been any worse. Uh, but I think definitely like once he's healed, once he gets the surgery done, and like and like. Once he's back up on his feet, just like uh, training and whatnot, like there's no doubt in my mind that WWE will definitely give him the uh, the uh, 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 call back because, mm-hmm. like you said, uh, SmackDown's roster depth depth could could really use him, and personally. Who would not love a Shelton Benjamin versus Jason Jordan match? Mm-hmm. Who would not love to fucking see that, or even a Shelton versus uh, Gable match? Like, come on now, and like, and like, just think of like the new pro- or, now, like, just think, Shelton hasn't been in WWE since 2010, so it's been, so it's been six years. So like, once he's back, just think of all the talent that he can work or uh just think of all the talent that that like he can uh, work with now like Ziggler, Ambrose, um uh there's another guy on SmackDown. AJ uh, Styles like, Styles even like uh hell Cena uh even Baron fucking Corbin. Mm-hmm. You know, like like just but but yeah like once he's back uh, definitely, um, like, there's no doubt, uh, 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 Vince will, uh, 
will definitely uh, give him the uh, the uh, callback up once he's uh, all healed and ready. Definitely. I mean, like you said, it was definitely heartbreaking to read that just because out of everyone that's been rumored to be coming back and has already returned from Rhino to Jinder Mahal, which I know you're probably thrilled about, right, Jamie, to see Jinder Mahal back? <laughs> I know. I was, I was super psyched. Uh, he was... of, all the damn, of all the damn talent that they, that, <laughs> that's been rumored, saying like, oh yeah, we've contacted all these people, we've contacted uh, Carlito, we've contacted Shelton Benjamin, we've contacted this person, that person. Oh, by the way, we also contacted Jinder Mahal and responded <laughs> really quick. Doesn't yeah. surprise me. Oh, that's, it was funny too, like you said, not even those people, but like in the initial report that came back, that, that came out in like late June, and you had to know none of these people were returning. It was pretty obvious, like, oh, we're calling all these people yeah. back for the brand split, and half of these people are in other companies right now, but the initial report said Goldberg, Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy, and Rey Mysterio. Hardy's in TNA, Mysterio's oh, in Lucha, uh, Kurt Angle's, he's not doing anything right now, he'll be back at some point, but not right now, and then Goldberg is not coming back for the fucking brand split. So then, yet, no. <laughs> putting, putting that aside for a second, you get all those names, and then you get Jinder fucking Mahal. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> no one cares. The guy was on Superstars this week, it's like, second weekend he's already on Superstars facing Jack Swagger, no one cares and i know they need it many as many bodies as possible but at the same time you just can't hire some schmo off the street they should at least get you know someone that's that's decent you know i don't know like maybe did mvp carlito and morrison like all turn off their phones or something like did they pass up on the call from vince like i don't know what the deal is morrison though um i've heard that vince is like is super high on getting morrison back yeah yeah, and which is like, hell yes, get him. Because mm-hmm. he's another talent that was really underutilized. And, like, you know, um, much like Shelton, uh, it was uh, it was definitely his uh, promo skills that were holding him down. Mm-hmm. Because, um, but, like, yeah, get him. Like, you know, he hasn't been around in, uh, I think, five, five years, I think, and... Uh, and like, and uh, judging from like the little clips I've I've seen of him on, uh, oh god, what is it, uh, Lucha? Oh god, what's the name of that thing thing again? Lucha. Oh, Lucha Underground. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's Johnny Mundo. Um, yeah, he was doing great work over there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like, so like, definitely, like, get him because he has improved a fuck up. I think with him, I think it's more a matter of when than if. Just because even before all of this went down to the brand split and whatever, you know, he's even said, I remember listening to a podcast he did with uh, Stone Cold about a year ago on his podcast, and he said, yeah, the end goal has always been to get back to WWE. And he likes doing Lucha, and and that's apparent. Like you said, he's doing great work over there, and he's really enjoying himself. But it seemed like, even from when he left... Like, he left it, like, the bottom of the barrel. They weren't really doing anything with him, and he was smart to leave as opposed to signing another five-year deal where they would waste him in a job role or something. But, you know, even at that point, he said the door is always open. And you hear that a lot. We heard that with, like, MVP, and that might still be the case, and he might be back at some point. But it seemed like he just needed some time away to improve, and he's definitely done that. So I don't know when his contract is up with Lucha. I know they have something where they can't appear for another promotion as long as they're, he's on TV, and they've already taped shit up until like the summer of 2017. So it might be a while. But even that being said, I mean, by next year, there's still going to be an opening in the roster, I'm sure. They need as much talent as they can get right now, even a year from now. So I think it's more a matter of like when than if that we will see Morrison back in the company. And I would hope it's in the next year or so because that guy is great, like you said, especially with two world titles. Are you kidding me? You could put the, the WWE World Championship on him right now. No one would bat an eyelash. I know the guy's almost 40 years old, but he's just that damn good. Um, but speaking of which, too, speaking of talent that have left the company, coming back, whatever, um, this guy could not have left at a worse time. I mean, he's talked about, when I interviewed him a couple months ago, he said that he would love to have the brand split back and bring back the World Heavyweight Championship, blah, blah, blah. And now he's gone, and his name is Ryback. So I alluded to it at the start of the show, and that the last time we talked here on the phone, Jamie, here on WrestleRant Radio, was the fact that um, around that time, he had just left the company, or at least we had heard that they were in some kind of a contract negotiation or contract standstill, rather. 
And I think we talked after... No, I think we talked before he released a statement saying that uh, whatever the deal was, we just heard it through, you know, through, heard about it through the grapevine or whatever. But now it's official. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's three months later. He's officially gone. He announced it on his Instagram page over the weekend. WWE put out a statement on Monday. They have officially parted ways, and he is now doing the independent scene going forward. And I heard he's in talks with like New Japan, which is cool. But um, yeah, and three months later, what are your official thoughts on Ryback being gone from the company? Uh. Well, his choice. I mean, really, like, uh, he just didn't like the way that, uh, that, uh, he was being used, and, like, the whole thing with, like, that, like, that, like, each wrestler should be getting, like, the same amount of pay, which I still do not agree with, because mm-hmm. it still doesn't, because it still, to me, it still doesn't make sense, because, like, you're not going to give someone, like, uh, Sinkara is not going to make John Cena money. Like, come on now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Sense. Or vice versa. Because, like, if that would have happened, WWE would be bankrupt within a year. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, uh, like, but, um, if there's one thing that you can't really doubt, uh, lie back on, it's that, he was extremely confident in his choice, and it seems like he's going to be doing really well, and, like, things are lining up for him, and, uh, and, um, I hear that, uh, apparently he's going to be doing, uh, you know, uh, that, uh, he's going to be going under his new, his new name, quote, the big guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is incredibly creative, but, uh, <laughs> um, but, and, which, which, like, um, uh, I guess WWE probably owns, owns the rights to, like, the, uh, Rye back name, um, uh, uh, if you ask me, I think the, uh, the, uh, or, um, oh, sorry, if you ask me, I think the uh, Silverback name would probably be better. But like you know, then again, that's his choice and whatnot. <laughs> but uh, but like yeah, um, as long as the guy's happy and like he's and like uh, you know he's making sure that uh, that um, that um, everything is going the way that he or that uh, he wants it to, then. Definitely. I think I think at this point too, I think I'm more excited to see I mean it's cool that he's doing the indies and stuff like that and he might be going over to Japan reportedly. But um at this point, a lot like with Barrett that I'm surprised that it hasn't happened yet, is doing not like a full on shoot interview talking about how like the you know, fuck WWE, fuck Vince or whatever, nothing like that, but and he's already kind of done it. I didn't read or watch it, I just saw the highlights or the excerpts of it him doing a Q&A on his Periscope a couple days ago, and he was saying how it was Vince's idea to start wearing the trunks, and he wanted to go back to the singlet, and he didn't want to do that, What blah, blah, blah. And he said that hurt his position in the company. So a lot of different things, and that was only a taste of what we can expect from him now that he's officially gone from the company and he can speak on that. And Barrett, I know, was talking about how I read something from him a couple days ago. I think he was in doing an interview with WrestleZone or something, WrestleZone Radio, talking about how um, the League of Nations was designed just to get Roman Reigns over. To the, to the surprise of nobody, that was obviously clear from the get-go, <laughs> to make Roman Reigns look strong. And that surprises me, not you know, not whatsoever. But um, just to hear him say that was funny. So now that Ryback's gone, hey, I'm looking... They, they wasted such a great idea for Stable to get a guy over, uh-huh. went up getting suspended, <laughs> and is now going for the United fucking states championship. So on that note, let's talk about that. Let's transition right into that. What are your thoughts on Roman Reigns? That looks like the direction they're heading in now. Rusev, after Monday's Raw, still the United States champion after a victorious defense against Cesaro in the main event. What are your thoughts, Jamie, on Roman Reigns potentially being the next U.S. champion? Should he be the next United States champion? I laughed when I heard. I'm not (laughs) going to lie. I did. I laughed because it's just like, 
it's like, of course, I tried to defend this guy. I tried to defend the build of this guy for months and months, and he goes and gets himself suspended, and now he's going after the United States title. I'm like, of course, this, of course, <laughs> this is the way it is. Of course. Um, uh, and now the question is, like, is this a form of punishment? I don't think it is because it's still a championship. And, like, um, but... But, like, now Reigns is going to have to work twice as hard, probably three times as hard, hard as he used to, because, um, like, he screwed up badly in the eyes of management. Because, like, you know, Vince had Roman in his eyes as the next John Cena, as the next face of the company. And John Cena doesn't have any strengths. Stone Cold Steve Austin never had any strikes, but then again, the Wallace policy wasn't put in until, like, you know, after Austin's era, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, you know, no top guys have ever been reported of, like, oh, hey, uh, Cena has been accused of, like, you know, abusing, like, like you know, uh, medications that, that are on the ban list. And, like, I don't know what Reigns was busted for. Uh, I don't know if, if like, if, like, the full report of it came out. But, um, uh, uh, it's just one of those cases of where it's like, you know, uh, it sucks to suck. And now Reigns is going to have to, like, he's just going to have to work, uh, just, like, a whole lot harder than he did. And, uh, yeah, just wait. I guarantee you, by this time next year, we will watch WWE 24 special on the redemption of Roman Reigns <laughs> to the WWE World title. <laughs> Would not be surprised. I know that was rumored at one point, like, for after he got back from his suspension. And I know that was fake. I know a lot of people just kind of assumed it was fake. But there was a part of me that was like, would they actually oh, wow. do that? Would they actually do that after Battleground? Thank God they did not. But on that same note, oh, too... God. Have they put the title on Reigns at Battleground? Oh, God. Oh, God. No no coming back from that. I think people would have been, needless to say, people would have been pissed off, and that would have been the absolute worst thing. Well, like, I was finished trying to defend him when he got uh, busted. They would have put the title on him. I would have been super done. I would have been like, no. I can't. I can't. I can't. You screwed me at every corner. I can't do this. Yeah, they did it. They did it the right way. They did. They made the right move in having Ambrose pin him clean, oh, yes. and, and now he's going after the U.S. belt as opposed to being in the world title match. I've said this to someone before, but I feel like maybe in the company's eyes that Roman Reigns' suspension fucked up their plans. But I feel like for the fans anyway, for the majority, I feel like Roman Reigns' suspension fixed their plans. Because if not, I can almost guarantee you that the match at SummerSlam would not be Balor and Rollins. It more than likely it would have been Rollins and Reigns again, which is not a terrible thing. But Rollins and Balor, obviously something fresh. Reigns and Rusev, I know we've seen the match a hundred times before, but it's still something relatively fresh, and they always have good matches. But um, I, I think the suspension, it, everything happens for a reason. I think it actually worked out better for the fans, in my opinion. And you know, and, and you know they are super sour on Reigns now because they had him. Take the fall of Bowser, and he got pinned by Finn Bauer for the next night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that, like, that was probably a message to Roman saying, hey, like, like you're starting way down here again. you got to work your way up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it did not surprise... I think that was definitely the right move to make. It did not surprise me just because... And I think the funny thing is, too... The funny thing is, too, is that he took more clean losses. He took two clean jobs back-to-back, which is more than can be said for the rest of his four-year career in this company. He might have jobbed maybe clean once. Actually, no, he didn't. Maybe other than money in the bank, I don't think he had lost clean. And I think someone said, like, four or five years since, like, fucking FCW or something. So he's lost clean more times in the last month or two than he has in the last four years, which just blows my mind. But like you said, it's a message sent to Roman and the rest of the roster. Don't screw us over. Don't mess with the boss. Don't mess with the wellness policy, whatever. So 
I don't know. I think it worked out well. I think it worked out well and worked out for the better if you look at the current SummerSlam card. But uh, speaking of which, on the topic of Rusev and Roman Reigns, in the main event of this week's show, Rusev and Cesaro, an impromptu match for the United States Championship. Rusev wins after interference from Sheamus, and it looks like Cesaro and Sheamus will continue their feud despite the fact that Cesaro already already beat him clean twice. So, Jamie, what are your thoughts on the feud? I mean, they have good matches, which is great, and Cesaro's already beat him clean twice, which I like that, but... Is there really a need for a third match? And I know you're a fan of Sheamus, so I want to get your thoughts on how he's being used right now and where do you see this feud going? Uh, well, it doesn't really surprise me of, of like the spot that Sheamus is in right now because, like you know, like you said, uh, the uh, League of Nations was designed to put Roman over, and like you know, now. And 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 now, uh, Sheamus is literally doing shit all, mm-hmm. and uh, like, um, I guess I'm just more happy for uh, Cesaro at this point because like he's getting, um, uh, just because like uh, uh, Cesaro is getting something, um, uh. To do at this point, and uh, and really like um, as far as my thoughts go, I don't really have much on it. Like it's just another feud to fill time. Um, but like uh, both both guys are are tremendous workers. So um, like a third match doesn't really bother me. Uh, wouldn't shock me if Sheamus. Uh, uh, gets his win back, um, but I did. I think I read it. Uh, was it yesterday or uh, or I think it or I think it might have been like uh, Tuesday or something. Um, apparently, Sheamus had said, or no, um, uh, Sheamus was kind of being like uh, sarcastic about his current role right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, within within the roster, saying like. He went from like the top of the world WWE champion. Now he's like squandering, mm-hmm. and uh, and like and like you know who knows like maybe WWE caught caught uh, wind of that and they're gonna have uh, Sheamus lose for a third time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like who knows at this point? But like, I mean, but, like really, um, I see it as just another feud to kill time. Yeah, it looks like that's the case right now. They just want to do something with both these guys, so they're just going to do an interim feud. I mean, it's not the first in the feud. It probably won't be the last. They've had a million matches before. But like you said, they're both great workers. They always work well together, so there's no complaints on that front. As long as Cesaro comes out of this thing looking strong, that's really my only concern. Because Sheamus at this point, I think Cesaro, needless to say, has more of an upside at this point than Sheamus, who's already been a champion four times before for the World Championship. But uh, that being said, I mean, it just blows my mind that a guy like Sheamus, and I mean... Actually, I'll ask you this: that by the end of the year, that one year removed from the, you know, from the uh, debut, so to speak, of the League of Nations, from when they initially joined forces, do you think it is at all possible that we see three fourths of that group, Del Rio, Sheamus, and Barrett, who was already gone? Do you think that we could see three quarters of that group gone from the company if Sheamus and Del Rio are just kind of fed up with their current spot and they end up leaving? Um. Del Rio, I can see him possibly leaving because I read somewhere that, like, uh, apparently Del Rio has set in his contract that, like, he can leave if he's not happy, uh, which is, like, how the fuck do you get that kind of deal in your contract? I'm going to quit because I'm not happy. (laughs) (laughs) Where's that? Like, don't get that in, like, any other future contract I may end up signing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, uh, the Rio, I could probably see him gone within the next few months or so. Like, uh, like uh, Paige, I hear is dealing like with some like nerve damage and whatnot. Like, and 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 like uh, and how like this could possibly be like the end of her um, in ring run, just because like you know it's it's uh, it's uh, kind of tough to come back from. Uh, from uh, nerve nerve damage, but uh, um, so like um, so like I could definitely see 
um, him leaving just to be like with her and like really he's not doing much much right now. Um, like I think the last time I saw him, like I think he got thrown out of a battle royal. That was like the last thing I, <laughs> I sort of uh, uh, recall from from him. Seamus is kind of hard to tell. Um, like, um, um, like I want to say Seamus is like pretty well, well, well liked by Vince and management. So I could see him just being like, "Hey, if you guys don't uh, give me something good, like I'm leaving," and they could just say, "Like, oh no, no, no! Here's the, here's the, here's the U.S. title. Here's a shot of the world title." Or sorry, the Universal Championship. The Universal Championship, yeah. It is not a world championship. It has to do with the whole damn galaxy. <laughs> exactly. The Galaxy um, Championship, essentially, <laughs> is what it is, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, like, um, I could see them doing that. And, like, if they don't have anything for him, like, I could see Seamus as the kind of guy that would just be like, okay, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I'm going. Uh, Rusev. I don't think Rusev's going anywhere, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, th- um, I think he's doing just fine. And Lana's on the TV show. Yeah. He, she's on Total Divas and stuff, so they're doing just fine, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, and well, we know where Barrett is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He might be even doing better off now that he was in the company, I feel like. It, it got to a point like where I really wanted to see him as world champion, and I hate to say it, but I lost faith like two, three years ago when they stopped doing jack shit with him. And he talked about in that same interview. He was like, yeah, they really should have turned me babyface when I was bad news, Barrett, which is like saying the, the sky is blue. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, everyone knew that when he, was, when he was hot as bad news, Barrett, and they didn't turn him, and they just had him job out every single week, which is... Basically the same thing that Del Rio and Sheamus are doing. I couldn't tell you the last time they won a fucking match that was meaningful. So, I don't know. And even when Sheamus was world champion, it's not like... I mean, as you said, as he kind of alluded to in that interview, he was like, oh, I was at the top of the world. And yes, he was world champion, albeit for a month. And in that month, it was one of the worst times in recent Raw history just because they had him lose to Roman Reigns every single week. Like, it was awful, and it's not even entirely his fault. I mean, I'm, I like Sheamus, but... And I was a much bigger fan of him about a year ago when they turned him heel and it looked like they might finally do something with him. But it's the 50-50 booking with this guy that just makes people don't... They just don't care anymore. Like, when he beats Orton, then he loses to him, and he beats Roman, and then he loses to him. Like, no one gives a shit about the guy anymore, and it sucks because they wasted a perfectly good talent. He's the kind of guy that would really benefit from the current brand split if he meant something. Same thing with Del Rio. The guy could have been a world champion by now. Again, or anyway. But no one gives a shit about him, so it sucks. But, yeah, I think Del Rio might be likelier just because, like you said, they kind of like Sheamus backstage, apparently. I don't know. I've never worked there. But it seems like from what we've heard and whatever, it seems like Sheamus is well-liked. And then with Del Rio, like you said, there's enough issues as it is with Paige and that whole shit, and she's injured, and he's pissed off, and... He's only coming around for the money. It's not like he came back because he loves the company. He came back with a fucking paycheck because he was making more here than he was in Lucha. So that didn't surprise me at all. But I guess we'll have to see by the end of the year. Uh, but speaking of SmackDown, I'll transition into that real quick. Not really much else happened on Raw. That was pretty much it. But uh, speaking of SmackDown, though. So oddly enough, this was one of the biggest talking points of the show to the point where I was at work yesterday and someone that's a casual fan at best uh, turned on SmackDown. They watched the show. And the first thing they asked me about was Eva Marie, who once again did not make her in-ring <laughs> debut on SmackDown on Tuesday. She once again backed out of the match. She had a wardrobe malfunction, quote-unquote. And then she came back out later on, cost uh, Becky Lynch her match against Alexa Bliss. She won on her birthday. That was really cool, and the match was all right. But, uh, yeah, Eva Marie, apparently the talk of Twitter and all of social media for this past week, which, and a lot of controversial thoughts. Oh, this sucks. She's awful. And she's not. She is awful. I will, I will agree to that. But I think, and I've been talking about this all week i think the way that they're using her right now is the absolute best way to utilize her like she's an awful wrestler but if you can delay her in-ring or you know her wrestling match or her in-ring debut for as long as possible that is the absolute best thing they can do with her so jamie i'm anxious to hear uh, your thoughts on how they're utilizing eva marie right now in smackdown are you a fan of it well i guess that's one way to put her over um <laughs> Basically, have her almost be fucking nude in front of a live crowd where kids <laughs> in the audience. But uh, it's just—I mean, like, it's definitely something new. Like, if they're like, um, 
like if this is something that they're going to keep doing each or, um uh um um uh each week with her then like then like I guess that's fine because like I can't really recall at any point in time uh of a diva slash um or sorry women's uh uh or sorry slash slash women's uh wrestler sorry they've 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 nailed the term or, uh the term diva in my fucking skull for the past decade <laughs> um um uh but yeah like uh there's not one time i can uh recall that uh they had a woman on there whom her excuse not to wrestle is oh my gear is too tight it snapped off like i can't i can't like i can't i can't think of a time that that's happened so it's something new it's i guess you could call it uh creative mm-hmm. and like I guess it might be a way for people to start cheering her. I don't know. I'm trying to sound like the least racy as possible <laughs> by saying it, but uh, yeah. Um, but like, you know, it's fine though. I guess. Um, like, I guess if they can do it and it's still, um, and like uh, they can still uh, be under the uh, PG banner, then you know. I guess just uh, do it. Why not? Also, at the end of SmackDown 2, we saw a tag team match. Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose against the Wyatt families, Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan. Good match. Ziggler accidentally super kicks Ambrose at the start of the show. Ambrose repays the favor afterwards by laying out Dolph Ziggler with a dirty deed. So the money question, the number one question on everyone's mind right now, Jamie, is who, if anyone, is going heel in this feud? And you know what? We might as well combine it with the podcast because I completely forgot about that. I didn't love it. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, but it was obviously it was obviously awkward at some point. So I'll kind of combine two separate things with this one question because we don't have too much time left. But um, uh-huh. I completely forgot about the podcast. So we'll allude to that now. But um, so with this whole thing with Ambrose and Stone Cold saying you need to push the envelope a bit more. Do you think that, not that it was intentionally done or anything, but do you feel like in this feud, and I'm personally pulling for a Ziggler heel turn because I feel like he needs it more right now, but would you want to see Ambrose go heel? And also, what were your thoughts on the podcast itself from Monday with Austin and Ambrose? Uh, a Ziggler heel turn, like, mm, um, I'd be okay with it uh, because Ziggler was a really solid heel. Uh, Dean, uh, we haven't seen him heal since the, uh, Shield, uh, breakup. Now, I think if he's on his own, um, like, Dean, I think that Dean could be a fantastic heel now that it's just him. Um, now, as for the, uh, podcast, I didn't catch the whole thing, but just clips I've seen, I could see why people said that it was kind of it was kind of awkward at times like um it just felt like Dean just didn't want to like like uh dig very 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 deep um into uh, into uh into uh certain topics but mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> uh but uh when it came to to uh to um Lesnar, oh, he opened right up. <laughs> I was going to say, so that was obviously the biggest point of the podcast where he called out Brock Lesnar for being lazy, the exact word that he used for, you know, their WrestleMania match, which, you know, we all talked about at the time, which was not, it did not, you know, meet anyone's lofty expectations. It was not a terrible match. Some people might call it so. I enjoyed it, but it was not a great match by any means. Nothing that you'll remember for any good reason by the end of the year. And it now we good. know why. Ambrose wanted to make an artistic masterpiece. Lesnar wanted to have no part of that, which does not surprise me at all, just because it's not like Lesnar, he's just starting to become lazy or anything. He has just never struck me as the type of person that has ever wanted to have, like, oh, let's go out there and have a five-star Matt Classic. He just goes out there, you know, pulls his, you know, just does his shit, 
does all of his signature spots, and then leaves. Not that he doesn't want to put people over. It's just that he just doesn't want to make it as great of a match as possible. That was obviously Ambrose's vision. He didn't want to do that. So what were your immediate thoughts when you heard Ambrose call out Lesnar for being lazy on the podcast? Um, I was just sort of, uh, or, um, I was just more sad about it than really anything, just because Ambrose and Lesnar, I was prob—I was probably looking more forward to that match, or, you know, um, uh, that was the match I, I was probably looking the second most forward to at Mania, besides Shane and Taker, mm-hmm. um, uh, just, um, uh, just because it was, uh, um, it was, uh, no holds barred, and it was Dean Ambrose, who made, like, you know, is known for doing, like, all sorts of, like, crazy shit when, when it comes to, like, or, uh, to that kind of match, um, uh, type and Lesnar is well. He's Lesnar. Like that's that is also a perfect type of match for him because he can do all sorts of stuff just with his strength alone. And like we and it was almost like we didn't see any of that. And now that we know, it was because Lesnar didn't want to do like a thing, and and now I'm hearing that uh, apparently the reason why Lesnar didn't want to do a thing is because uh, he knew that he was going to be fighting at uh, UFC 200 um, at that time, and he didn't want to risk getting hurt. Now, while I get that, Brock Lesnar is also forgetting he's Brock Lesnar. <laughs> he, like, the man heals like, on a dime. Like, he mm-hmm. can literally break his arm in the match and he can reattach it without surgery, without healing. Like, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I get that. Lesnar was training for, like, a quote-unquote real-life fight. So, um, so, yeah, like, um, uh, it sucks that it had to, uh, go down that, uh, that, or that uh, way, but like you know, again, it was just just uh, the way it is, I guess. And to close it out here, the best for last from the Cruiserweight Classic from last night. We had Cedric Alexander versus uh, Kota Ibushi in the second round match of the Cruiserweight Classic, the main event of last night's episode. Just an absolutely outstanding match. Undoubtedly the best match of the series so far, which is saying some. We've had a lot of good matches. Gargano and Ciampa was great, but this match, hands down one of the best bouts of the year for WWE. Just start to finish, fantastic stuff. Ibushi goes over. Afterwards, Alexander gets a standing ovation. And there was there were many of those throughout the match itself, but afterwards he gets a standing ovation from the crowd. Please sign Cedric Chance. Then Triple H comes out, pulls an audible, comes out, puts over Cedric, shakes his hand, and then goes to the back of him as the crowd goes crazy. So um, just a great episode start to finish. We also had Grand Metallic versus Tajiri, and Metallic went over. But that second match was just something else. So, Jamie, before we go off the air here, your thoughts on what could possibly be the best match that WWE's had all year from an in-ring standpoint. Oh, my gosh. Um... Okay, that was only the second episode of the classic that I caught. Now, I'm probably going against uh, the religion of wrestling when I say (laughs) that because I've only caught two of them. But I will say this. um, uh, Ibushi and Alexander, like, if WWE does not have any intent, at least on signing most of the talent that is in this tournament, I don't even know why they're having it, Mm -hmm. to be honest with you. Um, but, my God, just, like, there was one point in the match that my jaw dropped was when, I think, um, um, I forget what move that, uh, that, uh, Cedric was doing, but, um, he did some move, he tried to, uh, here, um, I, uh, he tried to pin, uh, uh, My bushy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, then he kicked uh, out, right? He, he, yeah. Uh, he tried to pin uh, Kuta, 
and then he uh, kicks out. Then he immediately goes for a <laughs> kick, tries yep. to pin him again, and he kicks out again. And just the reaction on Cedric's face was like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. I've literally tried everything. Like, see, that, you see, those are my favorite kinds of matches where just the expression on the guy's face is like, I've literally thrown everything I can think of at this guy. Why is he not, why is he still not there? And, mm-hmm. it's, and like, and like, it's great. And, um, and uh, and uh, the first match from from oh no, uh, the first match from the show I think it was uh, Tajiri versus uh, oh my god what's the name of that guy again uh, uh, Gray Metallic Metallic mm-hmm. they need to sign Metallic if they can he's good he's good oh my god he is oh that that first match had that just. The first match alone had had just like had um, had me uh, going, and then I hear all this talk about Cedric and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, can't say his name. Oh, Ibushi, yeah, yeah. And so then I'm thinking, holy shit, how can this one top top that one? And well, it did. (laughs) Yeah, it did. Um, so, and, 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 uh, like you mentioned, the part that was so, that was just really, that was just really, really cool, uh, or, uh, uh, the crowd saying, or, um, uh, chanting, please sign, um, uh, Cedric, which I have never heard a crowd chant anything like that, please sign, insert name here. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, um, out comes Hunter, and, like, that almost shows it right there, saying, like, like, well, hey, maybe, uh, maybe we should. And, holy shit, if they do, <laughs> man, it's, it's like so many good things are coming out of this entire tournament. And, mm-hmm. Like it's just, and it's just amazing to uh, to uh, 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 witness. Yeah, that sequence that you referred to, the I think it was a brain buster. I want to say he hits the brain buster, he yeah, kicks yeah, out. Yeah, That's yeah, what it was, and then he nails him with a kick straight to the skull right after that for another two count, another very uh, close uh, two count. Was just surreal, and that entire match was great. The, the kickouts, everything about it, the drama, the suspense, the in-ring action, the storytelling was just unreal. And it made for just a phenomenal match. And the best part is that the second round is only getting started. And I would imagine that other than exactly, Ho-Ho Lun's yeah. match, Ho-Ho Lun sucks. But everyone else in the second round looks like they're really good. So um, the rest of these matches should be awesome. I'm looking forward to them. And this whole show, like you said, is just above and beyond the best thing going on right now. And there's a lot of cool stuff going on right now. We have the brand split back. SummerSlim is quickly approaching. Brooklyn TakeOver. TakeOver Brooklyn is the night before that. A lot of good shit going on right now, but this show is just something else, and it just blows my mind. I mean, it all happens for a reason. It's obviously great that we're getting it now, but it blows my mind that we did not get this five years ago. And I know the mindset... I mean, it doesn't surprise me just because the mindset then, like... I'm not going to sign, like Vince's you know, mindset at that time was that I'm not going to sign a guy like Austin Aries because he's too short, but that you know whole mindset, that the whole game has changed. I mean, no pun intended with Triple H just being in charge and all the people that he's signing, and it would not surprise me, and they absolutely should sign Cedric. The guy's great, and Ayabushi too. Just uh, an outstanding match for anyone that might have been disappointed by Raw or SmackDown this week, or even NXT, which I thought was good, but um, this match was... You know, the match to watch this week from the past week in wrestling. So, that being said, a lot to talk about here in today's show, Jamie. We talked all about SummerSlam Raw. We talked a little bit about SmackDown and the Cruiserweight Classic show as well. And uh, no better way to cap it off with SummerSlam only being 10 days away. It's going to be a blockbuster event. Can't wait to watch it. Takeover 2 the night before that. It's going to be a hell of a weekend. Um, but before we go off the air, as always, as the tradition goes here on WrestleRant Radio, Jamie, your cheap plugs, where can the people find you, brother? Uh, Twitter, at Jamie Lee Mack. Uh, YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Jamie Lee Mack. I try to upload as much as I can. Um, one video I want to try and do, uh, soon. I was actually going to do it on, like, the one year, um, anniversary of, but I just didn't, uh, get the time for it. When you met Jericho? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, but I definitely want to want to try and uh, get that up uh, within the next uh, week or so. So definitely uh, a tune for that. And um, and I also just want to say I apologize for my words being all over the place on this show because I've. So I'm trying to formulate thoughts as much as I can with as little as little clips and things that I have read. I'm trying to form thoughts, and some of them just do not come out properly. So here's hoping they will be better next time. Hey, we're live, brother. We're live here in Restaurant Radio. That's just the way it goes. We're excited. You got the, the blood, the adrenaline flowing for, for SummerSlam, everything else going on right now. I'm botching all over the place, too. I, I don't blame you. I'm excited, too. <laughs> you know, botches happen when you're all pumped for wrestling in the Cruiserweight Classic. I'd be losing my words, too, if we just watched the uh, the Cruiserweight Classic match last night between Alexander and Ibushi. I was speechless for a solid fucking hour last night after watching that amazing display of wrestling. And the best part is is that the summer is not yet over. It's only the 11th. we still got a couple more weeks to go. The Cruiserweight Classic wraps up next month. SummerSlam, TakeOver, Monday Nitro, everything else going on right now, whatever the hell else is going on, you know, Nitro, WCW Thunder, you know, Damian Sando apparently <laughs> debuts in, uh, in, in uh, or, and not NXT. TNA tonight, which is cool, so there's a lot of good shit going on right now. But uh, above all else, Jamie, a huge thank you for coming on the show. I know the people were, were clamoring to have you back. I was clamoring to have you back here on the show. It's been three months, too long, and no better week to talk about wrestling than this past week oh, in wrestling. Exactly. With everything else going on and everything else to come in the weeks, you know, in the weeks to follow. So that being said, as always, Jamie, thank you for coming on the show, and I'll be sure to catch you down the road, dude. See you later, man. Thanks for having me on. Anytime. See you, dude. So on that note, guys, as always, you can check me out on the Twitter machine at WrestleRant on Facebook at Facebook.com backslash Graham.GSM.Matthews on YouTube at YouTube.com backslash C backslash Graham GSM Matthews. And one cheap plug here for you today. Um, I will once again for the third straight week, right after I'm done recording this show, um, I will be on Randy Cruz's Cruise Control podcast the third consecutive week. So I can't wait to talk to him about Raw, Smack, and everything else going on right now. En route to SummerSlam, as you can tell. I'm fumbling all over my words as well. I'm just pumped for SummerSlam, which I will be in attendance for in just 10 more days. No sleep till Brooklyn, baby. But uh, yeah, just check out that podcast. The link should be up. I don't know if it's going to be up by the end of today. I, I know sometimes he waits until like the day after to put up the show. So just stay tuned to the social media links of mine and his at Randy J. Cruz on the Twitter for uh, for that show as well. Be sure to check out my SummerSlam recall series on the one and only NextAirWrestling.net where you're listening to the show right now where I'm uploading my, you know, counting down my top 20 favorite WWE SummerSlam matches of all time. You know, as all seen on the WWE Network, so check that out as the month progresses and SummerSlam quickly approaches. So on that note, guys, as always, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for your support of the show. Be sure to spread the word of WrestleRant Radio all over social media. Call a friend, call up your mom, tell her to listen to the show. We'll be back next Thursday with our final go-home show before SummerSlam. I'll probably be joined by someone to do previews, picks, and predictions for the biggest party of the summer on August 21st and take over that Saturday. So with all that being said, guys, have an amazing week. I'm Graham G.S. Matthews, and I'll catch you fine folks down the road.